Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, thanks for coming, as always. Fellow conspiracy realists, in a recent strange news segment, we looked at a controversial or arguably just plain gimmicky proposal to take advertisement from your screen and from the waking world straight into your head, piping ads into your dreams as you sleep. It's spooky black mirror stuff. You know, it's a real conspiracy. Large, large corporations, mad scientists. uh, They're hoping to turn your brain into a fellow conspirator so that when you wake up, you're not wondering like, oh, why did I dream about not having my duck at my duck seminar? But instead you wake up thinking, hot damn, lucky charms sure are part of a healthy, balanced breakfast. I already wake up doing that, unfortunately, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, we were on the road recently and we can confirm, Noel and I can confirm, that is how Matt wakes up. 
It's true. It's true. I'm more of a honey nut Cheerios kind of guy myself. I I can, uh, Matt and I can confirm that is how Noel wakes up. Uh, Our writers are very interesting for live appearances, uh, and we're excited. Uh, We don't know exactly when this will come out, but we cannot wait for you all to hear uh, of live footage from our panel at a little thing called Podcast Movement. Uh, So stay tuned for that. That's an ad that we're giving you while you're awake, hopefully. (laughs) Unless you're They've one of them, already asleep. <laughs> right. Unless you're one of the many people who gives us a five-star rating and says, uh, I can't go to sleep without these guys. <laughs> so, thank you. Um, there's, but there's more to it, you know. Uh, like, really quickly, just for recap, Matt, you brought that uh, the ad story to us in, in one of our earlier Strange News segments. And when I think when we all talked about it, uh, we saw... Like we saw the great PR, but we also saw some some troubling stuff. What was your takeaway when we first talked about this idea? Uh, the biggest one was the Black Mirror situation, you know, years down the road, what it could look like if this was successful. If there's even one extremely successful test case, then you can imagine the whole industry looking to it and saying, hey, we need to get into them dreams. And especially with the increased number of Alexas and Google homes and all of that in our houses where there's a, there's a, a speaker just waiting to be accessed by, you know, a company because your network is always on. You don't shut down your modem when you go to sleep, do you? I don't. I don't even know how you would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just an always on kind of thing, you know? Well, you actually, yeah. Kill switch. <clears throat> yeah, I've got a, <clears throat> I've got a, <clears throat> I don't even know what to say. I've got it plugged in. I've got it plugged into my electricity in such a way that it is very Ooh. simple for me to just go. All of my network is down. I guess Same. that's true. You could just flip the switch or pull the cord. Yeah, it's just not something I typically consider. But I guess yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, uh, you can always tell. Uh, the old trope is that you can always tell uh, the home of someone who works in IT by just how analog all of their stuff is. Uh, this. This may be uh, this sort of sci-fi situation we're describing ourselves in today, folks, may be something you find yourself in in the very near future, sooner than you think. Uh, There is much more to the future of advertising than the idea of incepting your brain to make you buy Cheez-Its or McDonald's or whatever. Uh, And as we set off on today's episode, we do want to give you a quick disclaimer that we still find kind of hilarious. Our show is indeed supported by ads. So (laughs) we are we are on this wild ride with you from a strange perspective. Uh, It's going to be kind of kind of funny as we continue today. Uh, Just think about that. As we as we go through this today's episode, what is the future of advertising? Why are so many people so very worried about it? Well, here are the facts. So the global ad industry uh, defined by market size of the advertising agencies throughout the world uh, is $351.6 billion. It generates that much money uh, a year as of 2021. Um, And this is probably lower than the actual average since we can't count local or informal business dealings and things like that that take place all the time across the entire planet. But the takeaway here is that it's massive and growing every single Yeah, exactly. And there's no one who can really give a dead accurate 
estimate here, uh, because as you said, Noel, uh, this doesn't count all the people who are just like casually painting signs for their friends. You know what I mean? And there's no way to really count things like organic word of mouth yet. So, <laughs> uh, and just another thing that's interesting in the ad industry is that deals will sometimes go across like um, what would you, a fiscal year or something. So there are some, there's some weirdness when you're measuring from year to year how much is actually being generated the previous year or the next year. Yeah, it's funny when they, uh, when you hear the phrase Hollywood accounting, which is something that uh, the big dinosaur studios used to maximize the studio's profit at the expense of the people who actually made the film uh, or, you know, made whatever the thing is, because that kind of unfairly targets Hollywood. This sort of accounting happens everywhere. Uh, advertising, as we know, as everybody knows, also has some imperfections. First, it can be tone deaf. Uh, I'll, I'll raise my hand on a personal example here. Uh, many of our longtime listeners to this show and other shows might have heard me reading a bunch of ads from large corporations that, like you said, Matt, went across networks. Uh, and these were ads during a pandemic, and they would say stuff like, this pandemic is tough. We'll soldier on together. Also buy this car, these condoms this quesadilla, et cetera. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's the last thing people wanted to hear, even if it is well-intentioned. You know what I, I just, mean? I want, yes, I know what you mean, but I want that combo to be available. Like <laughs> oh, a right. Jeep Wrangler, a giant burrito, and a stack of Magnums. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, Matthew. You're making me blush. <laughs> you mean Magnum, uh, those chocolate uh, ice cream bars, right? Yes, so yes, okay. yes. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they also have, um, in addition to this, the industry like it can run the risk of being tone deaf. There's no shortage of... Uh, well-intentioned missteps in the history of advertising. Like maybe you say uh, you name a car and you sell it in a country where the name of that car means something very different. Like Nova in English is just the car, Nova. In other parts of the world, it means doesn't go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like you can see how these can happen. These are honest missteps. But then there are also... This is a big thing right now. The ad industry has these challenges when it comes to measuring its own effectiveness. I think we all remember that um, famous quote, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. Trouble is, I just don't know which half. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's why you get all of these other industries that are built up around the ad industry, or maybe they're just portions of it, where there's an attempt to find out as much as you possibly can about each end user, each customer that it has their television on at 3 a.m. and happens to catch that infomercial, right? Or each customer that is watching the NFL game last Sunday, the one NFL game. I don't know how many there are on one day, but, you know, it, it's... They need to know everything about you. Very much so, yeah. And, and, and there's nothing stopping that, really, at least in the U.S. The industry, the ad industry overall, is very aware of these first two problems. And again, remember that number Noel said at the very beginning, $351.6 billion per year. If you are listening to this episode in 2021, a big chunk of that money, a big slice of that quesadilla is dedicated 
to, as Matt said, learning more about you, learning every possible thing about you, scooping up as much info as possible, and then learning how to leverage that information to influence you, to alter your decision-making process ever so slightly. This is called a nudge. (laughs) Just a nudge. It's like they say, you know, if you're getting the thing for free, then you're probably the product. Yeah. Well, imagine what that means from that industry, though. If they can see what you're watching, right, as a subscriber to Xfinity or AT&T or whatever it is, they if they also have access to your credit card in a way, like at least, you know, access through a side door where they just get to see certain transactions, they can link you up and say, okay, that ad that we served at that time during that program got to this person and they bought a product. Um, that's, I would say that's their primary motivation, except for what Ben just noted there, the concept of that nudging you towards buying one, maybe not even towards buying that product, but just nudging you towards understanding what their products are, what the company is. Let's say you're buying something online, doing a little bit of shopping, and you put something in your basket, but don't follow through. A really popular way of nudging you is just to send you a little reminder about what's in your cart and say, hey, don't forget about this. Um, you know, and that's certainly you're like this close to pulling the trigger. So that is apparently a very, very effective nudge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good call too. Uh, let's let's go further too. So these companies and this industry and its associates do not think of this as brainwashing you. They think of it more along the lines of, let's find the people who want to buy a surfboard. I'm in an undisclosed uh, location over the Pacific right now, so I'm thinking about that. Let's find people who want to buy a surfboard and then let's learn everything about them and let's use that knowledge to make sure that when they think of surfboards, they think specifically of Island Poly surfboards. Uh, that's, um, that's a company that our producer, Mission Control, Paul, runs on the side. Uh, Island Poly surfboards. Check them out. That's what they call native advertising. <laughs> P-A-U-L-Y, not yeah. P-O-L-L-Y. Just the biggest uh, biggest competition is Ron John Surf Shops. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yep. they're 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 the uh, they're the dinosaurs to the spaceship that is Island Poly Surfboards. But but you're absolutely right. That's what that's what they're thinking. That's what they're trying to incept. Uh, this leads to a third big issue. How do you apply that information? I love what you pointed out, Noel. Like it's for instance, it's let's just make something up. It is all well and good to know that there is someone named Jamila Josephine Hawk. It's all well and good to know that she's a 25-year-old graduate student at Notre Dame. Uh, She has a love of Korean skincare products. She has serious concerns about recycling. And according to her search history, she's been reading a lot about the history of surfing. And she's been reading a lot about like Priceline, travel deals, things like that. How do you use this information? Well, maybe let's say that she also ends up going to... um, California or something, right? And you look at her credit card statement. She's she's bought a surfboard, right? And now the now we get to the best example of how this goes wrong in the early days. A lot of us have experienced this. Um, Matt Noel and I have talked about this at length off air. Let's say you make something we could call an infrequent purchase. Maybe it's something really expensive, like a car or a phone, or it's something that you just most people don't need to buy every week, like a commode. In the early days of ad targeting, this would be 
so boneheaded, you get inundated for the ads for the thing you just bought. Like, what do they think would happen? You're like, oh, I bought one deep freezer. Look at all these ads. Eh, maybe I'll just get another one as a, as a treat. <laughs> I'll figure out where to put it. A, uh, <laughs> a, uh, a commode, by the way, is a toilet, just in case you didn't weren't aware of that. That is a word that at least we will use together to refer to a toilet. <laughs> I Sounds think it's a generational thing. I think it might be. Yeah, it's something my grandpapa would refer no, to. No, I, 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 I call it a commode. Uh, too. I use the commode. Okay, I, well, well, I you're won. a bit of a you're a grandpapa type figure, man. In your way, in your own. I mean that with love. No, all right. It's a great word. I think is it is a great word. Oh, it's, it's true. It's a compliment. Also, uh, commodious means roomy and comfortable. <laughs> stop! 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 You pulled that out of your head, Ben. Guy, that's not. I, he pulled it out of somewhere else. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's where I keep them. That's where I keep the words of the day. That's why they sound so dirty. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, that's like you see that. Like, I know we've all run into this situation before. Like, you bought something that you weren't planning to buy every week, you know, and then and then you're like, whoa, Facebook or insert social media here. Pump your brakes. Well, so, so I mean, the, the takeaway here is that that part of the ad serving system is broken um, or it's just not very efficient because it's not effective uh, in getting you to buy a thing again that you've already bought short of like you're not liking the one you got returning it, buying a better one that you maybe saw another ad for. But I, 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 I don't know the stats on this, but I have a hard time believing that happens particularly often. Mm, yeah, I bet it actually I think it does. I've seen it. It's happened to me. Uh, the, the one, you know, where it works well is if you just bought a bunch of Skittles, right? And then Starburst is all over you. Like, oh, man, you got to try Starburst now. <laughs> but that's not an infrequent purchase. I mean, people... No, I know. But what I mean right. is if it's something you've just been buying a lot of Skittles lately for some reason, Starburst is going to try and get in there. We're going to convert you to the star, to the Starburst side. Yeah. There's, there's a boardroom somewhere in the, in the bowels of whatever company ultimately owns Starburst. And they're like, we got to get that Skittles guy. We got to mm. turn Skittles guy. That's all this, that's all this meeting is about. Uh, and we don't, we legally don't know his name, but here's his age. Here's where he lives. Here's, here are his fears. He went to college here. This is what he buys. This is what he watches at 3 a.m. How can Starburst use this? We got to get to his boyfriend somehow. <laughs> we got to get to him. We got to get to those folks. So you can see the bigger issues. And like, Noel, you're absolutely right. It reminds me of, and I think maybe we talked about this earlier in a different show, but it reminds me of the Terminator franchise. There's that line in Terminator, where they say, well, you know, the first ones were easy to spot. They didn't sweat. They didn't have hair, you know, like the whatever, all this other stuff. And they, these Terminators got progressively and progressively more human looking uh, until you end up with a Schwarzenegger. Uh, and so you can see the big issue from the industry's perspective. They're pouring a ton of money into stuff and they don't always know if it's working. So they look for what they would call innovative ways to address these big problems. And that's where we get to the story we found uh, that launched us on this episode. Some factions of the ad industry really are hoping that the inception approach, which they call targeted dream incubation, can solve a lot of these problems at once. What are we talking about? Well, it depends on whether we come back from this this first ad break. Who do you who do you think it is? Who's going to be the uh, goods and services on um, this one? Something with 
Oh, what'll it what'll it be? I mean, if it's listening to us, it's gonna be Starburst or Skittles, probably. It'll be it'll be aliens that are in the form of jellies, like some kind of jelly candy. Oh yeah, they're called coobs. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, no, jubes. Excuse me, jubes. These are gelatinous alien cubes that you can eat and put in your cocktails. I'm not making this up. Let's see what happens. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. All right, so we've returned. Uh, We were talking about targeted dream incubation. It's not just Christopher Nolan's idea. It's a real thing. Christopher Nolan did Inception, right? He did. 
Oof, all right, close one. Sorry, Chris, that was a close one. I, you deserve better, man. Oh, so, it's okay. He wrote it like two levels up, and yeah, it's fine. The final product was released in this level. I got it, got it. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what what was the original thing that hit? It was with cores, right? Yes, that was the one we brought up previously. There was a Harvard researcher, uh, or Harvard University researcher named Deirdre Barrett. She'd been working on this, you know, in this field, advertising, trying to figure out innovations there since the early 1990s. And it was, I believe it was 2021. Maybe it wasn't. It was earlier. It was 2021 when she started working with Coors because there was the whole thing with the Super Bowl. That's it's all coming back now. There it is. Um, so... Coors and these researchers from Harvard partnered up on an advertising campaign that ran in tandem with the Super Bowl, but not on the Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl. It's something they released around the same time. And, oh boy, you guys. First of all, to talk about this, just to bring it back up in case you missed that episode, when you think of Coors, that's a beer company, what do you think of? Just close your eyes, well, if you're not driving, yeah, if you're driving, just imagine all the cars are Coors cans. Coors is uh, <laughs> Tap the Rockies, right? Is that Coors? That's the one. Uh, yeah, they're, so you know, I they're think slogans. Of, yeah, I think of mountains and, and flowing crystal streams and waterfalls and stuff like that. That's right, because they put that on their logo. They, they put that kind of imagery in your mind as soon as you look at it. And then over the years, they've used that kind of imagery in their advertising campaigns to really pair those things, uh, being with friends, freshness, cool, refreshing outside. <laughs> now we're <laughs> just saying words, right? It's, it's their vision board or their, uh, I don't know Camp, what you call it. <laughs> freedom, plane, <laughs> kayak, right? Like, yes. uh, outdoorsy adventures. And then, uh, they, they have this thing where, and this works. Okay. First we have to say, uh, Dr. Barrett's research is legit. She's yeah. figured out some very intelligent things along with other people in this field. But uh, that, what did they do? We've got those associations. Okay. We've got those words. Those associations already exist, right? And are probably incepted in many people's minds, especially if they're of drinking age or, you know, whenever they started drinking and they've had a Coors before or they've watched television with commercials in them. What they did is they took a group of 18 people, and uh, I did not know this when we originally reported on this, but Ben, you found that 12 of them were paid actors? Yes. Yeah, 12 of the 18 were paid actors because this is not – because this is advertising. Mm -hmm. It's okay to use paid actors in advertising. Like I, I, I hope we're not the first people who are telling you this, fellow conspiracy realists, but – um, not all of those kids are even really eating cereal. I mean, most of the food on the television is as fake as the people pretending to like it in the commercials. Oh, God. And this is what you'd, I mean, at this stage, probably call a stunt. You know, I mean, it was done for publicity. It was kind of like, oh, how crazy is this? You know, it's essentially a marketing stunt, not necessarily a marketing technique that they're pushing, you know, like, oh, this is the wave of the future. But it does kind of point to some kind of creepy future ramifications or what happens when, you know, we talked about how if you just walk around outside and you count the logos and the branding that you see, what if that started invading your your sleep and then therefore your waking mind uh, as a result? I mean, that's a pretty invasive proposition. 
Well, yeah, because what they did with those 18 people is they had them watch a, a 90 second, very short video which had all kinds of imagery associated with cores already. Waterfalls, the mountain air, they just visualized it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Coors beer, like yummy, Coors beer, refreshing, popping open with a little bit of the sweat on the, on the can so you know it's so cold compared to its environment. Um, and they made them watch that just before they drifted off to sleep. And then they used lots and lots of tech to monitor what's going on in their brain, which, uh, which level of sleep they are at at any given point. And some weird stuff happened, according to their promotional materials made from this. So according, you know, according to the marketing material, this, this is not a study. This is marketing material. According to the marketing material that Coors released, they have a really creepy, you know, um, night vision cam video you can watch. Uh, and they said that when these participants awoke from REM sleep, that's the part where you dream, uh, if you're human, then they, five of those folks of those 18 said, I dreamt about Coors beer or I dreamt about seltzer. Important to note at this point, no official results have been released and they're not obligated to release official results at, at this point, um, even to the participants, because again, it's more of a stunt than a study. Uh, but we know that there is other research in this field. Uh, if you have played a, it's, it, it adds up, it accretes over time. So if you play like a couple hours of Tetris a day, you're going to start dreaming about Tetris. There's another really great study where uh, participants were asked to write down, to physically write down a problem or something they've been thinking about and to think about that problem, look at what they've written down, maybe write it down again right before they go to sleep over the course of a week and they begin dreaming about that problem. And sometimes they come up with a different way to frame it or address it uh, because what they're doing is they're encoding things for their brain to process later. Please take a second. You know, if you're on a long drive right now, you got a long day ahead of you, take a second and listen to our two-part episode on dreams uh, because you'll see humans are messing with things they don't comprehend in oh. a very real sense. Yeah, and like, think about this. Think about how easily this can solve problems. If if we're the company, right? If we're uh, Island Poly surfboards, we're not being tone deaf now because the commercial that we have created is being produced and directed by the person dreaming it. It's also highly personalized and the dreamer is in a very suggestible state. And because you, the dreamer, are communicating with yourself, you won't be turned off by misapplied data. If you dream of buying a new car after you just bought one, you'll think, whoa, dreams are crazy. Followed by, man, I guess I sure do love that Honda Odyssey for some reason. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, this can work. It can backfire, though. Do you know why? Why is that? I'll give you an example. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. My father described to me once the uh, most terrifying real dream that he ever experienced, a nightmare. And it was of a certain brand of orange push pops. Do you guys remember these things like orange sherbet push pops? Yeah. yeah. Well, they were they were ones that had Flintstones branding around them. I remember those. And there was with the little white cardboard sleeves yeah, with the, and the blue stick dots. That you, that you poke up at the bottom. Yeah, it was pretty one, gross, though. <laughs> it was one that my father had experienced when he was younger. And he had a one particular nightmare about those. And for the rest of his life, 
And the rest of my life, while I was living under his care, I was not allowed to eat or purchase or even ask for orange push pops because it horrified him so much that he didn't even like looking at them. <laughs> Did he tell you the substance of the dream? Uh, no, he didn't want to talk about it. It really but, bothered him. But imagine if that had, if the Honda Odyssey had that effect on some people. <laughs> On some people, perhaps it has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's a very, very good point. Uh, this also leads us to. This leads us to something else. This, this is real, and people don't completely understand the ramifications of what's happening. The course test gets the most press, but it's probably best understood as a new application, a very old idea. People have been trying to, you know give themselves lucid dreams or make themselves dream about specific things for such a very long time. And that's why sleep and memory researchers, as well as some activists, are super concerned about inserting a profit motive into memory processing because it could become a disruptive, debilitating thing. Like to your example about uh, Frederick the Elder's quarrel with that, with a Sherbert, uh, right? Because it is Sherbert. And <laughs> well, I, oh, yeah. I think it's kind of gross too. I get them. But um, what what would happen, like the sci-fi short story version of this Coors commercial gone wrong would be like Harlan Ellison, Ray Bradbury present the man who could not stop dreaming of Coors. And then instead of like um, Charlton Heston shaking his fist at the Statue of Liberty, it's just some guy breaking down in the middle of... Um, I, I guess their house or maybe a public space and going, uh -huh. of course, no. He's like trying to dig his eyeballs out. Like it I, could go I think wrong. he's on a, I think he's on a commercial flight and he just wakes up and, and it's when it happens. It's a commercial for a flight. <laughs> and it's like the guy's ripping his eyes out and then, uh, the, and then the, like the logo comes up and it's like spirit. You get what you pay for. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but but uh, we're kidding. No offense to spirit. Fly the friendly skies. Um, while this might sound like slick sci-fi, before we consign it to this sort of trash bin of sensationalism, we have to remember that brain research has also played a huge, if often unacknowledged, role in the design of stuff like social media, the design of stuff like smartphones. Those have a profound influence on people's waking lives. They have changed the way people process information. I like, so, and that's why when people are awake with most of their conscious defenses operating. So what happens when that goes into your slumbering life? Possibly terrible things, possibly short-term profitable things, but definitely potential for terrible things. And these were all just the facts. There's much more to the future of advertising, much, much more, and you should be aware of it. In fact, you should be frightened. What are we talking about? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. We've returned. What ads did we have? Were they ironic? Given today's topic, <laughs> let us know. One eight three three STDWYTK conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. You, you know, we did have a listener write in saying how they heard back to back like uh, some sort of diet ad followed by some sort of like Starbucks really fatty milkshake ad. And that's the height of irony, I think, in advertising. And probably, you know, things that should maybe be blocked out. That probably shouldn't happen. <laughs> I, I like that. I still, it's an I, imperfect, yeah. or maybe it's exactly what should happen. It's like, you know, get fat on this product and then get skinny on this product. Yeah. It's a win-win. The way Elvis used to take drugs to wake up and then took drugs to go to sleep. That worked out very well for him, didn't it? And then took drugs to go to the bathroom. Oh, the commode. Oh, no, I I effed it up. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, keep it. Keep it. Uh, So so this gets us, this this is a a really, really good point. Uh, We do listen to that stuff. We have fun. I don't know if we'll ever top the Blue Apron ad that came on during our cannibalism episode. Yeah. That's that's the top. (laughs) 
Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this one. But here's the thing. We're talking about the scary future of advertising or marketing. First, it's already here. It's it's kind of misleading and comforting for us to call it the future, uh, because what we mean by this is that the technology and the techniques and those new conspiracies, because remember, advertising is propaganda. Advertising is inherently conspiratorial on many levels. Uh, what those those new things that are like down the line are already here. Uh, these ideas, these ways of altering your decision and your perspective without your informed consent, they already exist. And they may seem like the future to us because we're non-ad experts, but when insiders talk about the quote-unquote future, what they really mean is something more like, which of these recent strategies that we're already doing will turn out to be the most effective at selling, you know, our widgets or our surfboards or our condoms at quesadillas or our um, four-door sedans. Well, uh, the key uh, to all of this stuff, uh, as far as uh, I'm aware, is um, targeting. They call it targeted ads. Um, the idea of, of sending something directly to you in a way that you can understand in a, in a voice that is comforting or in some way um, triggering in a positive way, nudging right to you. So we can call that storytization and personalization. The idea that um, it is tailored to your exact experience, your exact uh, preferences, and sometimes uh, through things like AI, for example, could be tailored to your exact physical location based on tags, geotags, things like that, where, you know, the system serving the ads knows where you are because of your IP address, like say in a podcast environment um, or a web environment, and then can serve you up stuff that's maybe more regional or more localized. Yeah. I, I feel that that happens too. If you use like a GPS service, you'll have, you know, your maps or your ways will have a little pop-up ad that says something like, Hey, you fat piece of trash. There's a, there's a fast food place on exit seven. I, I don't know how you guys GPS handles you, but I say how, thanks, Waze, and then I <laughs> hightail it to Fat Burger, um, which is actually a, a very popular chain of burger joints in, in California. We don't have them around here, though. I think Dr. Dre owns a steak. But let's talk more about the storitization, because that's a thing that we encounter plenty um, in our interaction with ad people. Uh, they want ads to appear uh, as close to content as humanly possible. They want it to be ultimately indistinguishable from content. Therefore, Let's make it a story. Let's make it have a beginning, a middle, and an end, sometimes packaged in a one large piece of content where you have to wait for the story to complete. Uh, and that's a way to keep people kind of clicking and keep people guessing and make it not feel like uh, they're being inundated or bombarded with something that's irrelevant to them if it actually feels like something they're interested in or they want to hear how does the story conclude. What are we talking about? Well, I mean, we were joking a little bit earlier about prophylactics. But there literally is a prophylactic company that has an entire podcast on this network, and that's what it's about. It's like for condoms, by condoms, about condoms, <laughs> brought to you by condoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this stuff happens, but that doesn't necessarily – I think it's important point to say that doesn't necessarily make something bad or no. inaccurate. Like if you had uh, done this before on a different show, we did uh, one of the worst puns 
done recently, which is a brief history of underwear. And that came, that was something that we did in partnership with an underwear company. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it worked because we were already going to talk about something like that. And it's actually a pretty solid episode, I think. Oh Um, yeah. No, no. Yeah. And and it's just weird. I think you just need to know listening to this, that we do have as our roles at this company and also as our roles on this show, we have this really weird relationship with ads and we're learning a lot about them. And And uh, yeah. (laughs) And we'll walk away. If there's something like we we walk away from stuff if we oh, yeah. feel like it's if it's we feel like it's sinister or uh, trashy. So I want to get back to this story thing because that's why I'm bringing up that example of like a history of underwear with an underwear company. There's not censorship on us because we don't we don't really tolerate that in a lot of the stuff we do, and we're fortunate in that regard. But companies do increasingly sell your sell a story to you because it plays on people's love of stories and it plays on people's obsession with themselves. I think I've said it before, everybody's favorite conversation, everybody's favorite topic conversation is themselves. Uh, No matter what language you speak, odds are the people you meet, their favorite word in that language is going to be their own name. Uh, And be very careful with that power because people can tell when you're trying to manipulate them with it, unless you're very subtle. So, this, I don't know about you guys, but this stood out to me. The idea of selling a story rather than an actual product or using a story as a means of selling, it always made me think of those really confusing cologne and perfume and high fashion ads I would see on television when I was younger, where it's like black and white and there are people lounging and they're all like cartoonishly attractive, but there's something serious going on. They're not smiling. What's, what's, what's happening? And then there's like weird weird music you know uh and then like a um somebody's like desire or then someone's like when i saw you i knew and then boom calvin klein or like the cologne name there's a really good one i think it was a gucci cologne um it's got adam driver in it and he's swimming in slow motion with a horse um, and it's beautifully shot as those commercials often are with these high fashion companies like Gucci or, you know, Calvin Klein or what have you. They're meant to feel like kind of like a cinematic, you know, vibe, like a work of art. Uh, and this one's really neat, but it's like it's Adam Driver swimming with a horse. And then at the end, um, it's got some weird VO or something. And it's just some kind of fragrance. And then at the end, you see him on the beach, but he is now a Pegasus. He has horse legs. Um, so, you know, the implication there is that this perfume gives you horse legs. Uh, but, you know, clearly that's not the case. But it's just funny. Like the implication in your situation, Ben, or your example, is that this perfume will make you happy. It will make you, you know, change your mood will change. Um, and those are all things that it's like you don't even need to back them up with science. You don't because you're not really overtly saying it. You're just showing a scenario where people spritz some perfume and then all of a sudden they're happy. Or Adam Driver swims with a horse and all of a sudden he's a horseman. Well, in their situation, they're like, I, I think the ones I'm I'm thinking about, happiness is not promised. It's just like complex, that's right, complicated sexual situations. And then you'll also be on a beach or something. It's amazing. It, it, it's, it's unclear, but you're right about it's it's uh it's about the implication, right? Yeah. And, and very much is. Um, and no, we're not saying we want to hurt these people. It's the implication. But the the thing is that there's th- this works because like human beings love stories. And 
the, in fact, one of the only things people like more than a good story is a story that they feel like they are part of or ideally starring in. And this leads to personalization. Ad agencies are learning asymmetry, the importance of asymmetry and the information war. Uh, and what that means is they're, they're saying, hey, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to just put out something that says this uh, vacuum cleaner is the best vacuum cleaner for the following reasons. Here are the specs of its motor. Here's our warranty, blah, blah, blah. What they're saying is, well, we just need to, we don't need to tell everybody that. Let's play smart with our money. Let's target a specific group of people. Let's pour money reaching into, into their networks, where they live. Let's find out more about Jamila Josephine Jackson. What do these mid-20s graduate students at Notre Dame want? And how can we make what we sell part of what they want? There's nothing wrong with this, as long as you know what's going on. And for a lot of industry advocates, it's enough to have that you know, that Calvin Klein logo appear at the end of a piece of advertising, but that doesn't always happen, does it? Well, that's Don Draper 101 right there. You know, I mean, it's just the idea of selling a lifestyle or selling an idea, selling a story behind a product. It's not about what the product is. The product could very well be just as high quality or low quality or middle of the road quality as any number of other competitors. It's all about who has the best story. And that's what brands refer to this as, is their story. Uh, and that is a very kind of highfalutin way of saying, how can we kind of mislead you in a way. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to really accuse them of that because it's such an ephemeral thing that they're selling. You could ultimately argue that what they're selling isn't even real, isn't even attainable. You know, the idea of happiness. Like, what even is that? Like, how, how, did, how does one, no one really knows. If people knew how to attain happiness, there would be no, like, therapy or, or antidepressants or, you know, the whole drug industry. But if you believe in the story behind, say, a Gucci bag, having a Gucci bag will make me happy or make me feel good about myself. I've been victim to that many times, like with, say, a piece of musical equipment or, or a, a pair of shoes. Something about participating in the story of that company, whether it's just the history of the company and all of the different artists that have used that thing, I feel like by jumping in and buying a you know profit synthesizer, I am now participating in the legacy that John Carpenter and Thomas Dolby and all of these amazing artists of the past are a part of. And I feel like I'm part of that too. Same with like Jordans. That's why Jordans are so brilliant because it was Michael Jordan as like the spokesperson for his own shoe that he wore. And people want want to be a part of that. People want to be a part of that legacy and they feel like they can be like Mike if they, you know, buy the shoe, but that's no. not really true. There's really no guarantee that that's going to happen. If you want to be like Mike, you got to practice all the time and probably have a healthy dose of just like raw, you know, acumen and, and talent, which everyone's not going to have, but you still feel like you're part of that story by buying the shoe. Well, what if you're a company that is much smaller, you know, than Reebok or, uh, what was profit? I don't know. I don't know much about profit. Dave, it's a synthesizer. But, but it's like a smallish company, but yeah. But like you're a smaller company, right? And you want to somehow get your messaging out there, get your advertising out there. Let's say you're advertising online or something, or even in a podcast. Island uh, Poly Surfboards. Island Poly Surfboards. We need to do something here. We need to get more eyes on our ads. So what we're going to do, instead of hiring a bunch of people to share this thing out, we're going to use bots. Ooh, robots. Not really <laughs> robots. It's more like 
algorithms and computer programs. But uh, but what what these companies can do, not always, is get a bunch of clicks on a particular ad or a particular post. A lot of times this is common in social media right now and it has been for a long time where they elevate a post by having these bots share it. And so then it gets seen by more and more people. It goes, it moves up in popularity. Then actual at, or actual targets <laughs> or uh, customers see it and possibly click on it and share it. But this is really a double-edged sword, right, Ben? This isn't like just a positive thing for the company. No, you're right, Matt. Uh, the rise of automation is inevitable. It will, if it has not yet, touch every in a human industry. And advertising is no exception. Uh, bots can be tremendously helpful for places like Island Poly surfboards. Uh, they're, they're a bane and a potential opportunity for the forces who, even as you hear this now, are trying to get into your head. The use of a botnet, uh, a group of these programs, or uh, uh, these programs applied for a specific purpose across a large enough dimension of whatever metric, they can drastically increase engagement and therefore visibility of something on social media. But those same bots disrupt the golden grails, the information wells that advertisers need. So you can now think of like most people are aware of bots and you can now think of those as an older innovation in this field, but we're talking about robots and advertising, we're talking about something else too. We're talking about drones. Like let's say, you know, one day you've, you've just said, I've had it up to here with these terrible Orwellian ads tried to pressure me into something or to sell me some kind of story. Uh, I woke up from a dream and I said, forget Forget this. It's gone too far. I don't even like Coors. I, I don't even drink beer. What's going on? So you erase your social media. You throw away your television. You you brick your smartphone. And now you only access the internet through a VPN and you festooned it with ad blockers. But then you hear it off in the distance. A worrying as a speaker-equipped drone flits through your neighborhood, announcing the newest sales for Amazon's King Jeff Holiday. And it might not be a drone. It could be an autonomous vehicle with a uh, with a speaker system on it. And it's just rolling through your neighborhood on part of its daily circuit to tell you about these advertisements that are targeted toward your neighborhood. Because whether it's a drone or an AV, the vehicle's route has been determined by the information of the people around you. The Zillow rating. You know what I mean? The, the, the local grocery stores. How do they vote? Things like this. You are a bystander, but now you are a bystander in the informational crossfire, it's a situation you can't escape unless you move or unless you, like, do something real weird with your HOA. I don't know, but this can happen, and it's not too far away from becoming reality. Yeah, honestly, it feels like an extension of, like, old-school political ad campaigns where you'd have, like, a truck uh, rolling around a certain area with, like, a recorded message talking about a particular candidate. Um, if you've seen the movie Nashville, uh, the political candidate who's kind of, like, plays this, like, sort of specter part who looms over the whole movie, um, you only ever hear him in the form of a loudspeaker attached to a Van with his logo on the side. So that's definitely kind of like a classic, uh, you know, spamming of people's ears with an ad. But you're right, if you get it targeted and they're autonomous and you can deploy potentially thousands of them to different areas where they will make the most impact, yeah. I would say that's pretty pernicious and could be considered noise pollution, could be considered a lot of things. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, imagine this. You're a devoted customer of, I don't know, some fast food chain. And they offer you several hundred dollars, maybe even thousand dollars to have one of these drones like established in your backyard or in your front yard where it has its, you know, its home where it goes back to every night and charges. <laughs> but your whole neighborhood, it's too bad. Your whole neighborhood is now targeted by your drone that you're getting paid for. Right. And there is, uh, there's not a law specifically against that. There are some FAA things with drones, right? But, you know, maybe it's, heck, maybe it's just a really kitted out Roomba, you know, or one of those DARPA, uh, one of those lovely DARPA dog robots with a speaker on it. But this, yeah, this, um, this isn't as far away as it might, it might seem. And then there's another thing, holograms. Holograms made a huge splash a few years back. They were used for posthumous concerts, right? And everyone was like, ah, oh, we saw the Tupac concert. It wasn't really him, but it was a hologram. But the potential for shenanigans goes way past that. We are in the world of deep fakes. There is not really a way to stop it. Imagine a world in which your favorite celebrities, historical figures, whatever, suddenly appear on screen or in person uh, touting a product. The celebrity involved may have no knowledge of how their likeness is being used. Whose Island Polly, says Morgan Freeman, I don't even surf, whatever. These are examples we're making up, but the company involved uh, might have no need for transparency. There may already be an agreement that could happen, and that's where it gets worse. Imagine the second just as likely scenario. Forget celebrities, folks. I mean, people shouldn't worship celebrities anyway. It's sort of silly. But imagine this. You have signed up for an app or a service. Maybe it's Amazon Prime. Maybe it's Instagram, something like that. And buried in the terms and conditions, which are by design difficult to read, you grant that company the right to use your likeness as that company sees fit. People are familiar, social media usually requires you to allow them to share your pictures, right? But if it's just a likeness, even though this already exists in still photographs, Imagine if it's in voice usage, in video, in holograms as well. This is a world quite possibly on the way now in which a company may sell your likeness as a legal deep fake. Next thing you know, you get messages, right, from um, from your, maybe your friends and family, especially if they're less tech savvy. And they're like, hey, why'd you send me that video or Snapchat telling me about how much you love um, uh, belligerent Ben's bean fresh coffee? Uh, cappuccinos, whatever. And, and I think it, it gets weirder the more specific it is. The, the like, tagline is, mm, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Nailed mm, it. That's like, probably coffee. <laughs> yeah. Hap, like, hey, happy birthday, aunt so-and-so. Um, you know, I love you very much. I love you almost as much as the new Endless Appetizers deal that's going on just at the Applebee's right up the street from you. Anyway, have a great one. Uh, tell cousin insert name here. I said, hello. Zip, boom. I never said that you might think, but that thought will arrive too late. Well, I don't he, know. He, what, he, are they crazy? Uh, it's crazy. It, no, I mean, it's well within the realm of, of, of possibility, uh, if not already existing. And here's an example of something that I've experienced personally, and I've been seeing some posts about it on social media. Um, some kind of evangelical type groups are sending out what appears to be handwritten letters to individuals uh, saying, using your name and saying that they're praying for you in particular. Right. Um, 
And I've got to wonder, is, is it really handwritten or is it generative in a way that makes it look like it's handwritten and they just know your name based on the data that they have collected? Uh, but the initial reaction of getting a handwritten letter is you're a little more invested and you're going to read it and pay a little closer attention. It's also got that thing that Chick-fil-A does. Uh, I forget the term for it. Maybe it's disfluency, where if you're seeing like letters that are maybe in the wrong size or like uppercase mixed with lowercase, your brain kind of latches onto it a little more readily, and then you uh, thereby take in the message more clearly. Um, one that I saw online looked like it was written by a small child because it was written with this kind of like, you know, learning to write for the first time kind of like handwriting. Uh, but it was all this religious message that seemed communication-wise at a higher level than what I was seeing in terms of the actual text. And then I got one too, that was very similar. So uh, I don't know if the evangelicals just have like a beat on this or if this is something that's going to be a larger thing, but it's fascinating. And I got to wonder what does that operation look like? Yeah, it's cross industry. Um, It's happening in a lot of places because uh, a, a letter that appears handwritten is already its own kind of disfluency in the mail. Right, uh, precisely. Because people get so much spam. And I, I love the idea of a kid kid writing someone, you know, like, Dear Uncle Matthew, the APR on the new Ford F-150 is below 4%. <laughs> you know, oh, like, that's hilarious. Jimmy, uh, I, I had no idea. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me earlier? <laughs> it, 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 it's certainly something they've been doing for a long time, like making things appear to be a check for you. When in fact it is an offer uh, in the form of a check that you know it's obviously not cashable in any way, shape, or form. But if you are looking through mail, usually the kinds of things people actually pay attention to in the mail are checks or bills. So if they can make something look like one of those things, so you won't just throw it away, then they can do that. So all I'm saying is I think there are we're going to see more advanced versions of that kind of trickery, uh, probably in the digital realm too, because everyone's gotten wise. To, to what these targeted ads look like. So they need to make them appear more and more and more like something that you want to see, something that you want to look at, something that you want to, uh, you know, like a story, like you said. Yeah, yeah, well said. This uh, The dark side of this, the Sith side of this, is taking advantage of people who are not maybe in the best financial situation by sending like a shady credit card consolidation offer that is, that is totally designed to look like a final notice bill. I, they, I think that's pretty unclean, but this goes far beyond it because now what we're talking, what we were just talking about is what I would phrase as infiltration of non ad space. People yes. are inundated with, uh, with ads. So um, people have become blind to like traditional advertisements so this stuff like looking like a handwritten letter looking like a personal message it cognitively puts people in a this is not an ad space but there's another front it gets even worse here uh you're on linkedin you're on social media a friend a colleague someone you don't know super well uh messages you about a really cool opportunity or a sale and you know it's not a bot they're talking to you about it. It's clearly a person talking to you about it. Or you're hanging out at your local, you know, your your local pizza joint or whatever, and, and one of your friends strikes up a conversation. They're like, oh, man, I just went on this awesome hike, and I love it because I got these new hiking boots. I feel like I could hike forever, 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 forever. And you're like, you don't have to do your own echoes. We're not on a show. We're just eating pizza. 
this happens all the time in general. We communicate with each other like that. And when it does, it's called word of mouth. Word of mouth is the nuclear option in terms of effectiveness in advertising. Human beings will uh, like obviously go with what they feel is the testimony of someone they know way over some letter or a 30-second spot on television. But what happens, what happens when that person at the pizza place was incentivized to casually advertise something to you in person and say, hey, we'll give you these shoes for free. Just make sure when you're hanging out with your pals, Matt and Noel and Mission Control, that you mention these shoes and how much better they make hikes. A world in which the people you trust the most are personally turned to catch you and all their other loved ones unawares. You know, like... um, it, this we, this is already happening, but just like the early days of the Terminator franchise, it's kind of easy to tell. And here's where it happens. If you are in the U.S., I know you have experienced this. If you are in the U.S. and you weren't born during the pandemic, I know you have experienced this. If you are listening to this show and you're a year and a half old, congratulations, you are way ahead of the curve. But, uh, but like, have you guys ever been at, um, back when there were a lot more in-person department stores, did you ever go to like a... a, a Marshall's? Circus? Of Marshalls or something, yeah, perfect, Matt. And then you're you're buying whatever, and then there's the moment where the cashier says, "So, also, would you like to get this credit card or this, you know, rewards program because it gives you X amount of blah 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 and all these goodies?" And you know they don't want to say it to you, and they know you don't want to hear it. Uh, but you you know you're not a monster, so you wait politely. And at the end, you say like, "No, thanks. I wouldn't like a rewards card or whatever." Um, has that ever happened to you guys? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's like you said, you kind of got to power through it because you don't want to be rude. Um, but you also know you're not going to go for it. So you just kind of got to let the person do their spiel, and then you just politely decline. But, I, yeah. I have two things here. Just happened to me at a Marshall's, and I had a conversation with the cashier who was working the front there who offered it to me. I asked her, well, how many of those are you like? do you have to sell you personally in a, in a day or a week or whatever. And she gave me a number, which was surprisingly high. And then she gave me the number for a week and a month and how much the managers, regional managers and all these groups come down on just, you know, individual staff members, not necessarily at Marshall's. Sorry. I hope don't, Marshall's. Yeah. I, I really like your stuff. It's cool. I dig it. But it's a but, quota. You're saying it's a, quota yes, system. it's a, it's a yeah. big quota and there's, huge incentives attached to it as well as sticks, you know, that are swung if you don't meet it. But what I'm saying is that kind of reward system exists in so many places with so many companies. I love this idea, Ben, of they're in a way incepting others to make you sign up for the smallest of thing. But if you bring your friend on you as an individual consumer that brought in another customer, get maybe $5, maybe $20, maybe even a hundred dollars, depending on how valuable that one extra customer is to the company. Yeah. And now, now imagine, I guess this, this will be our last disturbing scenario for, for the, for the, uh, for the episode. Because I'm sitting at the floor of a hotel right now, so I've got to walk around at some point. But, like, imagine we're all, we get together and we're having, like, Thanksgiving dinner, right? It's all of our families together. You're just listening along at home, too. We're all together. And then the 
person that you like the most that you only see at these kind of events is like, hey, uncle or aunt so-and-so, or hey, blah, blah, blah. How you doing? Oh, that's great. Oh, cool. How's your thing? Here's my thing. Yeah, I am actually doing blah, blah, blah. And they're like, hey, by the way, you you like energy drinks, right? You like, yeah, because you still like, we both, I'm working out a lot more too. I love Brondo. You know, it's got electrolytes. It's what plants crave. And then you're saying, hey, is that a line for it from idiocracy? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I just love Brondo. I I, I dig it. And then also just you realize- Just keep like, it out of the irrigation system, bro. <laughs> right. And then you realize like you've been, they've been turned. That could happen. And then maybe they have, like you said, Matt, maybe they have something on their phone, some sort of app that is like, we have caught, you know- X amount of organic mentions of insert product here, which means, boom, your coupon is in the mail or your, you know, whatever. You've got that many Brondo points. I don't know what they would call them. I'm, I'm using Brondo because I think this is one of the scariest future ad possibilities, and I don't want to accuse a real company of doing it yet. But I can't wait to hear what uh, what other folks in the crowd have encountered. Have you, like Noel, received strange handwritten letters? I sure have. Have you had an awkward conversation with somebody at the counter of a store and said, look, I know you. we, we both know you have to say this. How many people do you have to sell on this thing? Let us let us know. These We haven't noticed. We haven't proposed a solution yet because there's not really one. This is just an accelerating conspiracy. For that last one, Wells Fargo figured out the solution. You just make people up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they did that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's where we are. I mean, maybe one personal solution we could do is if you feel, if you feel like all of a sudden you have this almost inexplicable need to buy a thing, like I really need these shoes or this machete or this hang glider or, you know, like... <laughs> whatever, this fingerprint remover kit, ask yourself why you want to buy it. And, it's like and got a lot of murders to commit with those <laughs> items. <laughs> right, with the hang glider. Well, you know, like it works in, in um, department stores. If you find yourself getting an impulse item, and a lot of like, and grocery stores do this too, a lot of every item is purposely placed there for some reason. If you find yourself grabbing something that like feels expensive, like if, if you're like us and you walk around and you're in a really cool audio store or music store, then take the thing that you're thinking about dropping $500 on and carry it around with you as you shop for what you actually wanted in the store. Eventually, the, the brain will be like, okay, we got it. We had the impulse. We picked up the thing. Now we can put it down and it won't be as tough. But otherwise, I don't know. The solutions don't really exist for this yet. Well, I want to add one last thing before we close, if it's okay. Um, you know, let's not forget that just traditional quote unquote outdoor advertisement is still huge. I mean, you see it all over cities. You see advertising masquerading as murals or like really cool graffiti and things like that. That's another example of making something kind of blend in to the background in a way that's meaningful. You're like, oh my God, look at that amazing mural. And then you realize it's actually a fast food ad. Um, but you still, it caught your eye in a way that was meaningful. Um, I actually just wanted to bring this up because it's, it's interesting and kind of messed up. Uh, a good friend of mine who lives in New York just had to do like putting a company on blast on social media because on the side of his apartment building where all the windows are, uh, a billboard company literally just put up a giant banner ad uh, that covered up all of the windows. <laughs> 
Uh, and it's 90 degrees in New York City right now. Um, so by, you know, adding the company, I'm not going to put them on blast, uh, the ad agency and some local, you know, uh, municipalities and uh, even like AOC and things like that, hoping to get a little help, they they got them to agree to take it down. But ah, I wonder what the legality behind that is and who owns your windows. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is is that an escalation? Um, where if you're renting, do you actually have rights to not have advertisements put up in your home or on your home? You know what I mean? I don't know. Just a thought. Or incepted into your mind while you're sleeping. Also true. Also true. Let us know what you think. Yeah. You can write to us on the internet. We are Conspiracy Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, where you can watch daily video clips of every one of our podcast episodes. Um, and you can also find us on Instagram, where we're at Conspiracy Stuff Show. We also have a phone number. It's 1-833-STDWYTK. When you call in, you will hear Ben. Once you've heard him, you have three minutes. You can say anything you want to. Please give yourself a cool nickname. That just is a little safer for you, and it's fun for us. We like it. If you have anything extra you want to say that's directly to us or the producers, please put that towards the end, if possible. And uh, hey, if you've got a lot to say that can't fit in that three minutes, we highly recommend you send us a good old-fashioned email instead. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now.